Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 90 of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and fast. Oh. Super fast. Oh, David, you don't even know it's coming. It's not are we gonna fast talk about, in the sense. Are, are we talking about Britney Spears? No. Wait, what, what, what did she do that was fast? Oh, she man. fast? Oh, yeah. She ran like the 200 meter in like four seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, that's not the only news that's about her like recently, actually. Do you know about the other news? About when she burned her gym down? <laughs> yeah, with candles. I've oh, never Brittany. seen anybody look like a bigger tweaker than she did in that oh. uh, that video. Yeah, I'm, I miss the old Britney. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, well, at least she's still fast, though. Yeah, she's like crazy. I can try to Google it real quick, but yeah, apparently How she can run. How fast is she again? I think the quote was she ran the 200 meter in like four seconds, <laughs> oh, so which is fast. unhumanly fast. <laughs> it's like insane bolt, does it? Insane bolt. Oh my fucking God. I called him insane bolt. It's probably because that was such an insane thing to say. Now I got insanity on the mind. Okay. So here we go. She, uh, so it says, um, so I guess she claimed to have run the 100-meter dash in 5.97 seconds, which means she almost cut Usain Bolt's time in half. Okay, wait. He's still the fastest. Oh, wait. Almost cut his time in half? Oh, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. She's twice as fast as Usain Bolt. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's just impressive. There we go. There we go. But uh, we're not here to talk about Britney Spears. That was an unintentional news story, I guess. But she also did burn her gym down with two candles, and she's the fastest woman alive. <laughs> what is but, what, or what dead. She, she said, uh, um, I had two candles in. Well, you know how that goes. <laughs> I've had two candles before. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's, it's different when you're fast. You know, you can knock over candles quicker. Yeah. Easier, you know. But um, – but yeah, so but uh, now we're a little off track. But before we tell you these longer uh, stories that we have for you today, we have to catch you up on, on any news you might have missed, which includes Britney Spears' news, which we just did. But we have more news for you. As uh, as da- um, David, should I read mine first, or you want to read yours? Uh, like I said, I've I've what? argued with David that he that I might have the same news story as him. But well, yeah, I'll let you take the first one. Okay. So mine says, um, increasingly desperate Alex Jones says he will kill and eat his neighbors. Oh, boy. So I've seen that video. That, that's not one of my news stories, but, man, that video is good. Yeah, so as, as everybody knows who listens to the show, we are avid, I don't want to say fans, but... Um, Diehards? Uh, <laughs> of curators of everything Alex Jones, because we just find him absolutely fascinating. Um, as he, you know, chases people down the streets, he claims that uh, the water that we drink is turning the frogs gay and, uh, you know, cloud people. And uh, uh, he, he's got a bunch of things going on in his mind. But oh, recently, yeah. recently he um, has says that if he gets desperate enough, he will kill and eat his neighbors. And he just says he doesn't want to, but he will to feed his children. Um, yeah. And he, here's a quote that he says. Um, 
You think I like sizing up my neighbor? How I'm going to haul him up by a chain? Chop his ass up? I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. <laughs> I he also I feel like he also yells, I will eat your ass over and over again. He does. He says, I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm just going to be honest. I'm literally looking at my neighbors now going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? And you know what? I'm ready. I'll eat my neighbors. I'll eat your ass. I will. <laughs> Alex Jones will eat ass, and that's that's for sure. That's the only thing that we condone of his behavior, right? That's true. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know if we can stand behind a lot of his conspiracy theories, but, man, does that man love eating ass. And you know what? That's, that's for damn sure. That's, some, that's the most American thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's – I didn't, I didn't know he still had a show. Yeah, that's all I because I saw the clip. I was unaware that it was a new clip. I thought it was an older clip. Oh, it might be. no. If he's talking, uh, I don't know. He, I feel like he's always thinking that the world is ending. So he, he almost always has to eat his neighbors. But, but um, yeah, I think more than ever now, like he's probably thinking that. And I mean, if he's gonna have a show more, you know, with more controversy, it's gonna happen right now. So I think this probably is recent, but. Um, he d- he yeah, did May- look he he May looked 1st. he uh, yeah he looked like he had a new haircut or something. Oh my god! Anyway, so um yeah, uh, just don't buy a house next to Alex Jones and you should be okay. Apparently, yeah. as of right now, he's only eating neighbors. So yeah, only you're neighbors. Good. You're fine. But who's to say where where and when he'll stop? And once he gets a taste. Once he gets oh, a taste, that's when fuck. it all goes downhill. <laughs> Anyway, uh, David, do you have more news for us? Yeah, so uh, police are looking for an aggressive chicken terrorizing bank customers in Louisiana. Oh, no, not the chickens. Wait, the yes. ATM customers are trying to see you. You're always looking over your shoulder or in those little mirrors on the ATM just in case somebody's coming up behind you. But you can't see the culprit if they're down at your shin bone. Well, the suspect an aggressive chicken is described as reddish tan, 18 inches tall, and between 6 to 8 pounds. And that's what the uh, Walker Police Department said in uh, their Facebook post. See, and terrorizing is a very loose term. What are we, What is this chicken doing here? Is it stealing ass- money? He's, he's wanted on charges of assault, uh, attempted battery, attempted burglary, terrorizing, and ignoring an order of the governor. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Wait. That's that's what the officials said. I guess Quote, people have a lot officials. more. You know, sometimes when people have to stay inside, crime does drop, and when crime drops, we have too much time on our hands. It's and true. We start. It's, it's we start getting uh, governor's orders to stop yeah. this chicken. I feel like this chicken's not gone into hiding. He's probably still by the ATM. Oh, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Anybody know what bank we're talking here? Um, it just says harassing customers at an ATM drive-through. Oh, so it's an ATM. So I was just thinking that it was like attached to a bank. So it's probably oh at an ATM drive-through. Well, ATM <sighs> and drive-through. So it's a double. So you could walk up or you can drive through. And apparently, he's chasing people and trying to get into vehicles. Oh, <laughs> this is a cool chicken. See, chickens can fly high enough to get in your car window. That's the only scary part. You think you'd be safe in the car, but you're that's what he wants you to think. He wants that's, you to think you're safe. 
I've seen many men get killed by many chicken. <laughs> many of chicken. They can jump oh. high enough. If people That's... ask how high they can get up there, it's the answer is enough. It, it, they, the answer is how – I. if you ask me how high a chicken jumps, I'll ask you another question. How much money do you have in your hands at the time? Yeah, because, the because boy, this chicken loves money. <laughs> that chicken only jumping for a couple hundos. Ooh-wee. <laughs> anyway, um, do you have another news story? I do. Okay. Uh, let me pull that one up. So here's a report Man caught camping on Disney's Discovery Island that says it was a tropical paradise. Oh, wait, wait. In in Anaheim or Florida? You said Disneyland or Disney World? Florida. Oh, I've never See, been this to is, that See, this one. is confusing because this article is from Orange County, Florida, mm. not Orange Dis- County, California. Disney news spreads in a weird way you know it it shoots to orange county and then it both goes from the east and the west towards the middle of the country because they have to keep the disney the the west coast up on any disney news but um wait so he was living on the island yeah so discovery island which was a zoology zoology jesus christ zoology Um, (laughs) jesus christ yeah it was an attraction before Disney's Animal Kingdom Park opened. Um, it's been closed since 1999. <gasps> so He's been I'm living not on there since 1999. I don't think so. Oh, he um, probably snuck in recently or something. Yeah, like he 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 definitely doesn't look great, but he definitely does not look like he's been living on <laughs> an abandoned uh, theme park <laughs> island for fucking that's, that's fair. 21 years. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, I hope he didn't get too many charges. I think I that's a that's a victimless crime. Just hanging out. Yeah, he probably he probably just got trespassing. Hopefully, that's it. Yeah, I mean, at least he got a nice vacation out of it. That's all. That's all you need. He got to go to Disneyland. He got to go to an island. Not many people can say they go to both in one vacation. Uh But uh, wow, good for him. Also, I don't. Also, I don't have another news story, but I do have a little oh. side story of what happened to me on my walk yesterday, which is kind of crazy. Well, I'd love to hear that. I've got one so, more news story, so why don't you tell that, and then I'll do my, okay, my other I'll, news story. I'll go quick. I was walking on my walk, and I usually just go on my walk at night or you know, when the sun's setting or even in the morning sometimes. And When people always, are the most vulnerable. <laughs> with, my, with my mask on, with the hole in the <laughs> eyes. And, um, but... So I was walking, and I always, like, cross the street if somebody's, like, coming towards me or something like that. So I went to go – somebody was walking towards me, so I went to go cross the street. And when I went to go cross the street, there was, like, a car, like, two blocks away, and it was kind of like a shitty little, like, um, red sports car. And it was kind of, like, older, like, looked like early 2000s, late 90s. And I just hear it, like, and, like, they step on the gas, even though they're, like, really far back. I'm like – Oh, I know what this guy's doing. I feel like I've seen people do this a lot, and I've had this happen to me, where you go to, like, cross the street, maybe not at a crosswalk or something, and somebody kind of gasses it to try to, like, scare you out of the road. Has anybody ever done that? I feel like I'm crazy. I tried to explain that to somebody else. They go, I don't know what you're talking about. But you yeah, know what no, I'm talking I, about? Yeah, they, they, they rev it a little bit to try to get your attention just in case you've got the damn AirPods in. Y- yeah, and they'll like or like speed up to try to like it's all ego behind it where it's like they'll speed up and be like, I'm gonna i I'm gonna try to scare you out of the road because you should be walking at the crosswalk or something. But I was like, I had a good reason. You know, there's somebody coming towards me. I jumped over. So they start 
like, gunning at me. And I'm like, oh, I have, like, way more than enough time to get out of the road because they're pretty far back. So I just, like, don't break stride, and I keep walking, and I walk, and I get up on the sidewalk. And then as they're passing me, all of a sudden I feel like a whoom, like, right by my face. And they had thrown a um, – like a ketchup container that you'd get at like a burger joint, you know, like a little, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, like a plastic cup with a lid. It was a container full of syrup and they threw it at me <laughs> and it almost hit me in the head and it exploded <laughs> on the ground in front of me. Luckily I didn't flinch at all. And I was like, so I, I still looked cool and stuff like that, but I was like, yeah, you, what you the won that fuck? one. I was like, what the fuck? I would have been so mad if I got hit with like a container full of syrup would have definitely ruined my day. That's the last thing, David, we talked about this. That's the last thing that you want to happen. Oh, you man. hate syrup. You hate being just, sticky. I would shave my head. <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even deal with it. I wouldn't acknowledge it. I would just go straight to the bathroom and shave my head bald. <laughs> But it was it, it like made me so mad. But I was like, it was it was like I was mad and confused, and I was laughing. It was like a very like a weird mix of emotion all happening at once. But I mean, I didn't get any license plate, so I can't seek revenge. But I tell you, if I found that that uh, that a convertible parked near my house, and I happened to have a big old container full of syrup, let's just say they'd be they'd have to nickname fuck uh, hit ego. I fuck I. Waffle joke. Insert waffle joke. Fuck. I'm pouring syrup all over the inside of his car. Well, you know how you hunt them down, right? No. You get down. You get down your hands and knees, and you taste that syrup, and then you realize, hey, this is from Roscoe's. You go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. You go and you demand to see the security cameras, and then you find that car on the security the red cameras. Yeah. You find the red convertible. You follow the son of a bitch into the store, and you. Look at the the time tag on exactly when they made their purchase. It's and true. then you go into the books and you say, oh, look who it was. David <laughs> Ledwith got chicken at this time. He is so busted for eating chicken and throwing syrup out of his convertible that he now has. You know what's interesting, though? I did think my first reaction was Roscoe's because I only live like four or five blocks from Roscoe's. And uh, yeah. I was like, "Oh, and it's so else, damn good." Who, and who else serves? Who else serves conta- a syrup in containers like that? It has to be like a chicken yeah. and waffles place. It was. It was absolutely borderline afternoon. It was like two or three. No one's eating breakfast at that time. It had to be. Anyway, absolutely. so if you guys know of a red convertible, you send them to me. Yeah, and any red convertible. Any doesn't matter the state. I will. <laughs> I'll make them pay. So I got one more news story. Let's hear it. All right. Host of underfunded podcast preparing for a wedding asks co-host to be a groomsman during recording. Co-host vomits from excitement. No way. Oh, fuck. See, this is our problem. Our podcast is clearly underfunded. And, <laughs> yeah, um, clearly. It's clearly underfunded. But we don't have the recognition as th- that podcast because no one's vomiting on this podcast yet. And it's, I'm not, it's upsetting I, me. I'm not sure if you really caught it, um, but do you want to be a groomsman? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm so fucking stupid. Oh, God. Uh, 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, thank you so Fuck much, yeah. man. Oh, when was the last time anybody did that on a podcast? Man, bitches. they got they got me good. You got me good, not they. <laughs> you and the cloud people. Fuck. Oh, that'd be Riley's, awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. I'm honored. Riley's crying. She's now leaving oh. the room. She's been oh, see, she's God. been sitting here the whole time. Her phone rang like three times. She sneezed. I said, just be quiet for a few minutes, and she couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> yes, I would love to be a groomsman. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Great. All right. Let's okay, get into that coffee. End of, end of podcast. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, but before I vomit some more, let's tell you about some coffee. We're talking about Spring Heel Jack. The best coffee for a groomsman and a groom to drink at a wedding so you don't get cold feet. This hot coffee <laughs> will keep your feet so warm you'll wanna you'll wanna stay at the altar the entire time and and read your vows in front of some complete strangers you've never met and really just open up about your vulnerabilities and your love for another person. So drink Spring Hill Jack and bring all your friends to the wedding and who needs a, an open bar when you got an open coffee bar? <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah, could we get one of those chocolate fountains, but it's just co- it's just coffee? Oh my god. That would be probably a problem at some point, right? Yeah, you get all the ki- the kids are getting into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The 13-year-old the are grand abusing peppers. It. They're abusing grand it. Oh man. <laughs> Graham Pepper and the and the thirteen year old are having a three legged race and no one's competing with them and it's just scaring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, well anyways, check out springheeljack.coffee. It's the best coffee you can get your hands on before a wedding. And after a wedding. Okay. Well let's get into these longer stories today. Okay. So, David, um, I just realized I didn't write an opening paragraph. <laughs> so, so just gonna um, have to wing it, huh? I'm, I'm gonna have to wing it. So, I told you today that my uh, my word was fast, and of course, it's not just all about Britney Spears, but of course, the fastest thing of all in America. And what is that, David? Oh boy, the fastest thing in America, aside obviously from Britney Spears, um, <laughs> and is insane every- bolt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Usain Bolt is definitely a Brazilian or Jamaican, but uh, Insane Bolt is American. Um, <laughs> He's quick. <too. laughs> um, is it everybody's will to live? Is that no. what's fast? It's going out the window? You're close. It's actually, it's food. Oh. As in fast food. And Ooh. as you guys, as you guys all know, we are strong proponents of places like Taco Bell um, mm-hmm. which we have a lot of personal stories. McDonald's, which has a lot of news stories, which we usually bring up. And just about, oh, I mean, Roscoe's too. Let's not kid ourselves. We got those local places too. But today, I wouldn't I mean, call them fast food. Oh, they're not fast food, but they can be fast if you need it quick. They're definitely yeah, not right. like, uh, d- diners kind of fall into the fast food era because, I mean, area because it's gray area. But, um, but today I will be telling you about, fast food crimes or just weird stories involving fast food okay okay so let's get into i have four i have two little ones and two longer ones but i don't know if they're all short or long who knows we'll find out but let's get into it so in 2014 at a houston texas starbucks 
a 46-year-old man by the name of Larry McHale was harassing people on the daily while they tried to enjoy their cup of joe. Yeah, um, wasn't Spring Hill Jack, so I don't condone this behavior of drinking coffee there, but, you know, we'll let it slide. Um, After many incidences, the Starbucks banned him from returning to the store, which is, of course, you know, that's fine. And it actually worked for about three months. But three months after that, Larry's banishment um, after. Oh, I'm sorry. After uh, three months of Larry's banishment, he drunkenly returned looking for revenge. And David, you're really you're about to like this story a lot. Okay. so Larry stood outside the Starbucks plotting and planning when. uh, Oh, sorry. Which is when he decided to pick up a glass bottle he found outside and smash it on the sidewalk, creating a weapon, which is such a cool thing to do. I mean, I feel like that's every kid's dream is to a fight's about to start and you just take the bottle and you break it on the like the 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 railing and you got a little serrated bottle weapon. Yeah. If you've ever played like any kind of like street fighting game on like Nintendo or Sega or something, like then you know that's always a go-to weapon in those like old NES games, you know? It's the broken bottle. Yeah, the the broken bottle to classic. Exactly. I feel like it's a it's like a Simpsons classic, you know? Yeah, the green he, glass. Larry, <laughs> exactly. I was about to say green glass. I mean, there's sometimes the brown one, but the green's a classic. And this guy was yeah. obviously a child of the 80s. So, like, yeah, he was ready to go. So, now that Larry had his weapon, he was ready to teach this Starbucks a lesson. But at the last second, Larry thought, this isn't you, Larry. Larry would never do this. So, he pivoted his plan and reached for his new weapon. He grabbed the next closest item, a four-pound chihuahua. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he grabbed the poor little pup and hucked it at the window of the Starbucks. Luckily, Larry was arrested quickly after for animal cruelty, and the pup was transported to the animal hospital with only a broken leg. I mean, it's really sad that the pup had to be involved in this, but we found the lizard man. Yeah, that's true. The sexy lizard man. He is disguised in his human costume as Larry, and he's yeeting dogs at Starbucks. Starbucks? What's the what's the plural of Starbucks? It's not Starbucks's. It's Starbucks I. That's it. So, yeah. um, but of course, Larry got some time for this stint. But the two most interesting facts about the ordeal was that no one actually knew who the dog belonged to. Oh. Okay. Maybe Larry, um, which meant that the little pup did not have a name, um, which leads to my no- my next most interesting fact. Um, he was obviously brought to the um, to the shelter and healed up, and he actually got adopted. And they uh, at the shelter they decided to name uh, the little dog Starbucks. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if I like that or not. <laughs> Me neither. I feel like it's really <laughs> traumatic. Yeah, it's- I kind of hate it. It's like a guy losing an arm like to like a shark, and everyone's like, what's up, shark? And he's like, please stop calling me shark. He's like, that's your nickname, <laughs> shark. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so all I have to say is uh, leave the yeeting of dogs to lizard people. You know, um, I, I don't want to. Especially the sexy ones. Yeah, the sexy lizard men are the, are the best at it. Larry, I don't know about him. So my next story, um, 
is going to um, a- another very – one of my favorite fast food restaurants, um, which is, of course, Jack in the Box. Because I feel like they're the they're like oh, the crazy uncle God. of – they're the crazy uncle of fast food. They have a little bit of everything, and I love them for it. Like, where can you go get tacos, a burger, and a teriyaki bowl? It's amazing. It's great. So – um, John Edward Maust, a uh, 34-year-old teacher of Arroyo Pacific Academy in Arcadia, was standing on the sidewalk around 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday night when three of his 17-year-old male students quickly spotted him and stopped to say hi. Uh, the students could see that their teacher was severely intoxicated as he walked toward the car, and shortly after a little conversing, Maust asked for a ride, which is like... I kind of feel like every 17-year-old's dream to find their teacher drunk on, like, a corner. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. That is so fun. So oh, yeah. The, so the students, they obviously knew him, and they knew he was drunk, and they probably thought it was funny, and he asked for a ride. So the students didn't see a problem, um, so they so they uh, told Mouse to hop in the car. Um, but apparently, after driving for a couple minutes, Mouse said something in the car that caused the driver to pull over and the students to jump out, which I have no idea what you could say to to freak out three seventeen year olds that much. And I'm I could puke. Oh, mm, I feel like it was more weird or sinister than that. I'm not really sure. But I'm gonna puke on my dick. <laughs> It's like, get out of here. You guys want to watch? You guys want to watch? (laughs) I'm going to puke on all your dicks. And everyone's like, we have to get out of this fucking car. (laughs) So, so, um, so of course, uh, yeah, they pulled over. They all jumped out of the car. And this upset Moust. And he ordered them back into the car. Uh, but but you can't. <laughs> you get order. in there and you get those pants off. <laughs> you can't. You can't order people back into a car without having a little help. So of course he pulled a knife out of his pocket and he pointed it at the students. Oh yeah, yeah. That's this good is for your teaching career. <laughs> so, so um, after the students got back in, Mouse demanded at knife point to be taken to Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's freaked them all out that he wanted Jack in the Box. Yeah, he's like. I need to go to the Jack in the Box, and he's like, "You're gonna," and the kids are like, "You're gonna puke all over our dicks," and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Well, I mean, that's the <laughs> next thing that follows Jack in the Box." But the students comp- uh, uh, complied with the demands of the knife wielding teacher. Um, but one student in the back was able to call the police for help, um, as he was very drunk, you know. Um, so he probably didn't notice that the guy just like straight up had his phone out calling the police and a police helicopter. You'd think a teacher would be able to spot a cell phone in a teenager's hand a mile away. You would think even in his drunken state, but no, he was, he had tacos and those short little cinnamon sticks on his mind and, and, Mm. uh, and what else did they got? Sourdough Jack. And the, and the stoner stoner like chinese food container filled with fries and sauce you ever seen those yeah the munchy box yeah they get crazy up in that shit i tell you that's why i love they don't hide it they know anybody eating that food is high as shit (laughs) their mascot is a guy in a suit with big buff arms with sleeves ripped off and a giant clown head like how can you not have munchy boxes it's gonna happen. Well, he's technically he's technically a jack in the box. He is, which like is the a old clown. Children's toy. But a jack yeah, in the box I, I is guess. a clown, right? He's, I guess you could say. Yeah, I guess you're right. He's just a misshapen clown. He's a very, very. Uh, what kind of clown is he? <laughs> he's a 
He's a he's bad definitely not clown. sad. He's, he's not a sad clown. <laughs> I don't know what kind of clown he is. He's a business clown. He's just here to make what? money. Maybe we should do an episode that's just types of clowns and what makes them different. Because there actually is a like a wide variety of different types of clowns. Yeah, yeah. Because he has that kind of like uh, ice cream cone hat, which is like a very unique clown look. See, I, I always loved the little uh, antenna toppers that they used to give oh. out. I used to go just just get a drink just to get the topper. Same. I used to collect those. They had like baseball ones. Like every like yeah. local state had like their local baseball teams on like the little – man, I do miss that. Yeah, anyway, I used nostalgia. to always get C- I used to get Seahawk ones, and I hated it. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Moved to Green Bay. So, <laughs> um, so of course, after he called for help, a police helicopter showed up shortly after, and Mouse hopped out of the car and took off on foot, and he actually got away. But the next morning, Mouse walked into the police station and turned himself in, never getting. His Jack in the Box. So he, when he ah. sobered up, he's like, "Oh fuck, my head hurts. It feels like I pulled that knife on three seventeen-year-olds." And uh, <laughs> he he figured it out, and he, he went and turned himself in. And I think he uh, might have lost his job. Chances are, it's, it's highly likely. Um, I would but hope it was, so. It was kind of hard to, to find more information on what he's doing now, and you know, it's okay. We all make mistakes. So, um, my next story, uh, well, hold, time out real quick. Yeah. I had to Google it real quick and I found a very, um, interesting list, but there's at least 11 different types of clowns that we can talk about. Ooh, okay. Well, and I'm, I'm, sh- and I'm sure there are more. I'm, I want to, we better cover this. Remember that clown that swung that kid around by his heels and killed him? Yeah, who, who could that? forget about that? That was one of our stories. It was like uh, it was like weird deaths. It was like crazy, crazy deaths yeah. or something like that. And one of them was like a kid who got picked up at like Coney Island by a clown, and the clown started fucking swinging around by his ankles and like dropped the kid and killed him. It was like crazy. Yeah. Clown yeeted <laughs> the kid. But goddamn um, clown. Well, yeah. I mean, David, start writing. We got, we got another episode next week, so I want to know I'm about a, these. I'm clowns. excited. I'm so, excited. I gotta put my notes in now. So, do so, my research. Maybe get some on the phone. Ooh, do we know any clowns? We know a magician, Richard. Oh, we little Richard. It's Richard the little magician. Little Richard is a that, musician. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same. That, he, it was already copywritten. He had to go with something else. <laughs> so I'll, I'll jump to my next story. So on January 30th, 1989, Kenneth Lamar Noyd, a mentally ill man who thought uh, the ad campaign um, was a personal attack on him. What ad campaign you're talking about? Well, I did mention his last name, Noyd. Now, David, do you know a mascot called the Noyd? Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of what it is. It a hockey mascot or a baseball mascot? It's neither, David. We're dealing in fast food right now. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying it was the Noid. No, yeah. Oh, boy. The the Noid, N-O-I-D. I I think people who were born in the 80s may know about this. Okay, yeah. It sounds familiar, but nothing's, nothing's coming up. So the Noid was a Domino's Pizza mascot 
that would literally go around. He's made an appearance in Family Guy, but he was just like this little troll guy that was in a red jumpsuit that looked like it had like rabbit ears and it was like a full body jumpsuit, but with his face sticking out and he had like big buck teeth. Yeah. And the noise. Okay, would- now I know what. He almost looks like he's a cereal mascot, right? Yeah, kind of like a cereal mascot. But he's he would- a mix between the Trix rabbit and Count Chocula. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like human form in both of those. It's really weird. Yeah. And what the Noid would do is he would show up and make your pizza cold or something like that. He would like fuck up what your pizza. What an asshole. Yeah, so there the whole thing was avoid the Noid. That was like the whole um, campaign was avoid the Noid. Like make sure to get your pizza hot. Like Domino's can avoid the Noid and make sure that you get your pizza nice and hot so you don't get a cold pizza. And that was their thing. And this guy, Kenneth Lamar Noid, who was obviously mentally ill, he thought this was a personal attack on him since his last name was Noid. And it was like, avoid the Noid. And he's like, fuck. So he entered a Domino's restaurant in Chamberlain, Georgia, armed with a 357 Magnum and held two employees hostage for over five hours. After Holy te- shit. Yeah. After that's telling a really me, that's a really long time if you think about it. Holy oh shit! Oh my god! Yeah, I, like five minutes is a long time with like somebody. But oh, don't worry, they had time to kill. You're gonna find out what he what he asked for. He had some demands. So, after telling the employees that the Domino's owner, uh, Tom uh, Monahan, had stolen his name, he forced uh, he forced them the employees to call Domino's headquarters and demand a hundred thousand dollars and a white limousine at getaway transportation as getaway transportation, which is probably the worst form of transportation to get away, right? Yeah. I- I think a tractor would be worse, but yeah, I don't think a limo goes very fast. <laughs> I mean, the it turns, definitely doesn't go under radar. And the turns, yeah, you can't turn down any alleys. Like, it's it's long. It's mich- You have to have somebody else drive it. That person could literally put up the partition and just drive to the fucking police station. Like, you have to trust two people. Oh wait, is he driving or is he in the back? He I wanted- mean, no one wants to drive the limo. <laughs> exactly. He's like, well, I'm not driving it. Okay, send a, send a limo driver, too. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. That's so... Oh, he is crazy, so whatever. So um, after offering uh, to exchange one hostage for a copy of The Widow's Son... What is that? I never looked that up. <laughs> it must by, be a book? Um, It's three novels by Robert Anton Wilson. Um, Okay. They're, oh, they I look like they just gave him the the second one. Yeah, they, they look like they're science fiction or something like that. So, um, but the the Noid uh, reneged on his offer after a police officer brought him the book. So he was like, "No, I'm not gonna let go of a hostage." So the Noid, so he got his book and the hostage. So the Noid eventually became hungry and then forced the employees to make him two special pizzas. But after they made the pizzas, and the Noid obviously didn't get to them, so they're still nice and warm, um, he began to eat the pizzas with the gun on his lap, and the hostages were actually able to escape while he had pizza in his hands. And, Worth uh, it. So the Noid ended up surrendering to the police shortly after, and uh, after the incident, police chief Reed Miller told reports He's paranoid and that the Noid was uh, charged with kidnapping, aggravated assault, extortion, extortion, and possession of a firearm during a crime. And he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Insane Bolt. There he is. Um, and, yeah, there he is. <laughs> and Noid, he's not too fast, though. He's got <laughs> pizza on his lap. Well, he knows he's too fast. So he's like, I'm going to even the odds out. Here, give me a limousine. 
Yeah, I'm too fast. It, it's gonna it's gonna alert all of the authorities if I'm moving too fast. So give me something nice and slow. Yeah, something that could blend in with the with the other limousine, the white limousines on the freeway. It's but, a perfect blend in though, because it just looks like two white cars. <laughs> well, he's running little laps on the inside. So quick. Yeah. So the Noid spent time in a mental institution, but sadly he did commit suicide in 1995. And this, oh. inc- this, uh, yeah, not a great ending, kind of sad, but the incident has been uh, insinuated uh, to have caused Domino's Pizza to discontinue advertising using the Noid as their mascot. So after that, they canceled the, the Noid mascot, which I think he made a brief appearance back in like 2004 for like, um, you know, a couple weeks or months, but he hasn't really been back ever since that uh, that incident. So it's very interesting. Like, it's, it's super, super strange, but... Well, good for Domino's to, like, you know, step away from that character. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, it's probably not going to happen again where a crazy guy with the last name Noid is going to show up again, but, like, better be safe than sorry, and it's just, like, out of solidarity, yeah. I think, at that point. So... But I have one more story for you, which... I'm very curious on whether it was as big of a deal for somebody who lived in Oregon at the time, like yourself, as it was for me. I mean, we're just all over the United States. I'm not really sure. So on March 22nd, 2005, a woman by the name of Anna Ayala walked into a San Jose Wendy's looking for some lunch. Do you know where I'm going with oh, this, David? Oh, I think I do. Does that have to do with chili? Y- yes, it does. So All as, right, continue. I, so as she ordered and sat down to enjoy her square burger and a cup of chili, she noticed something, something in her chili. So she plunged her spoon into the warm slop and came back up with something on her spoon. Not some beans, not even a little hair, but a severed human finger. Immediately, Ayala knew that this ingredient was likely not supposed to be in the chili, so she decided (laughs) to do what everyone would if they found a finger in their chili. She sued Wendy's. Now, David, do you do you recall this story at all? Obviously, you you guessed it. So that I think that just fucked Wendy's real hard around the world. We'll find out how bad it fucked Wendy's, but. I remember, so this woman lived in Las Vegas, but she was in San Jose at the time, and I didn't realize that she would that this happened in San Jose at a San Jose Wendy's. So I'm obviously from like Northern California, and I thought that this was like it was big in my town, and everyone was talking about it because I thought it maybe when I read this, I was like, oh, maybe it was just like a Northern California thing that got really big. But you guys got all this up happens in all the time. <laughs> oh, no, happens all the time. <laughs> But I wonder, like, I don't know, you listeners out there, wherever you are, I don't know if you guys remember this at all, but if you do, there was still some um, information that I wasn't even fully aware of because I was so young at the time, but I mean, we'll get into it right now. So instantly, most people believed that this might uh, be the result of an accident either at the Wendy's restaurant or at a cannery where they packaged the chili, which is exactly what I thought when I was younger. I said, oh, do you think somebody like while the cans were like like pressing the lids on, somebody's finger got stuck in there and then they couldn't figure out which can of chili and then it just got mixed up and uh, you know it just got sent out. That's what like everybody thought. Do you remember that? Yeah, you, you think you would halt production and just pull the pull the damn pull chili. everything. They, 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 no, yeah. 
America needs their chili. Pull the can that has all the blood down on the side of it. It's pretty easy to spot. And wait, what did you say? America has chili? What the fuck did you just say? America needs their chili. You can't <laughs> you can't pull all the chili from the shelves. I say I say let there be a finger in there because I'd rather have a finger in my chili than not have chili at all. Then I'd have Exactly. To- you know what's funny? It's it's funny you're talking about this because like last week uh we fin- I was talking fingers? I was talking to well I was talking to someone in there talking about how much they like the chili at Wendy's. Oh. And I immediately every time I think of the chili at Wendy's, I automatically think it, of the finger. Yeah, it still has like not a negative connotation, but that story has like ev- forever tainted me. Where I don't think yeah, I've I don't ever, think I'll ever eaten, forget it. I don't think I'll, I've ever eaten chili because of that story, which is fucking. Oh, I love chili. It's devastating if you really think about it. It's, You're missing out, bud. It's the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me. I don't doubt it. That's big. <laughs> And I lost my finger at a cannery operation. <laughs> so, so, um, but after an investigation by the Santa Clara County Medical Examiner's Office and the San Jose Police Department, it was determined that the finger did not come from a Wendy's employee or from an employee at the facilities that provided ingredients in the chili. Though early reports suggested that the finger was fully cooked, quote unquote, the Santa Clarita, uh, the Santa Clara, sorry, Santa Clara County Coroner's Office initially concluded that the finger was not consistent with an object that had been cooked in chili at 170 degrees for three hours, which we all know what that looks like. Yeah. It's that's pretty easy to spot. They're all sitting there in between, and, in, in between the beans. They're all sitting there the with ground beef. <laughs> they're all sitting there looking at this finger, and uh, they go, "Hey, hey, John eats a lot of chili, right? He cooks a lot of chili at like th- three hours, hundred seventy degrees. Do you think he would know what this finger would look like if it was in there? Yeah, go get John. John has to go get, clean, go get John. Clean up his face and his bowl while he eats chili next to the cadavers. <laughs> John lives an interesting <laughs> life." <laughs> He's, he sewed a cadaver up with his bowl in there and his lucky spoon. <laughs> so, so it's it's his way of winking at the at the family and, and and the person. You know, it's his little. It's his. You know, some people like leave a rose, like a burglar cat burglar will leave a rose or like an ace card. He just leaves a fucking bowl of chili and a spoon inside a carcass. That's John. the family's had lots of families had lots of complaints at the old open casket funerals. They said. <laughs> I, you know, I don't remember Grand Pepper smelling this much like chili. This boy stink like chili. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm a, hungry. That's the devil. <laughs> so, um, although this incident happened in San Jose, um, Ayala was not from the area, but instead from Las Vegas. So the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department investigated uh, Ayala's home in Las Vegas, Nevada. And rumors began to spread that Ayala... Do you remember what the other, the next rumor was after that it wasn't somebody's, like, finger? There was, like, another rumor that kind of went around, like, okay, well, like, where'd the finger come from? That, wait, they, they thought it wasn't a finger? Like, it was a different thing? No, no. Well, I, I'll get oh, into like it. Oh, like that she that she brought the finger with her and dipped it on in. Yeah, but exactly. That's what like obviously people believed. They're like, there's no way. Like, especially it can't be cooked at. Like, it would look different if it was like cooked in any process. Like, this was obviously added after the chili was cooked, so it had to be like her. 
But I remember, I'll get into it right now, rumors began to spread that Ayala had a dead ant within the house that she took a finger from and used in the chili. I remember specifically be, uh, hearing that um, maybe her aunt died and they cut off a finger from the ant and stuck it in the chili. Do you remember that? Okay. No, I didn't. I don't think I ever heard that. Oh, theory. okay. I remember that one clearly. But um, although Ayala told everyone that no one that she knew recently died and that her story was completely true, um, Ayala claimed that the police treated her and her family like terrorists acting against her violently. So the police were still not having it. But it might have been uh because oh i'll get into that in a second so the las vegas metropolitan police department arrested ayala on april 21st 2005 taking her to the clark county detention center and ayala was charged with felony attempted grand larceny connected to the wendy's chili finger case and a penalty uh, enhancement was issued for inflicting more than 2.5 million in losses on Wendy's as a result of plummeting sales. So she was basically just getting charged with like loss of sales from Wendy's and being like, "You damaged this company's like image, so we're gonna yeah. have to arrest you for grand larceny." But the cops like were acting um, really strange against her because. Um, According, oh, now I lost my place. Anyway, according to her past, um, her past uh, crimes and stuff like that, she apparently committed a lot of fraud, and she was arrested in the past. And it says prosecutors portrayed Ayala as a scam artist with a penchant for filing lawsuits, since according to court uh, records, uh, tests indicated that the finger had not been cooked in the chili. Uh, but they actually did not know where the finger came from. And she, oh, sorry, I just read the wrong part. Fuck. But she apparently tried <laughs> to sue other companies in the past. Um, she tried to sue El Pollo Loco for for Salmonella, which she claimed she got $30,000 from. She also, uh, they also found that she sued Goodyear Tires for claiming that a wheel fell off her car while she was driving. And she also tried to sue a, a local newspaper for sexual harassment. So they had like a history of it. So the cops were like, Oh, okay. We're obviously like going to treat you like kind of like, this is very strange. And obviously the, yeah. the evidence is being stacked against you at this part at this point. But, um, they, they figured out that the finger had not come from the chili, but they just didn't know where the finger came from. So they're like, we can't accuse anything yet. But as you would guess, all, all that news hurt Wendy's as Wendy's franchise uh, franchise holder Joseph Desmond urged people to please come back to Wendy's because we do serve wonderful hamburgers, shakes, and everything else, he said. And Wendy's announced that on that weekend it would offer free frosty shakes with any purchase to all Bay Area customers as a show of goodwill and commitment in the wake of its investigation. So I felt so bad for Wendy's and this franchise owner who's like, oh, I swear to God, like, just here, just come get a frosty. You guys still like frosties, right? Yeah. There's no fingers in those. And I remember name another company that gives out things as much as Wendy's gives out fucking frosties. <laughs> I feel like that's like every day they're like. Oh, it's a Tuesday. Here's a free Frosty. Oh, but you know, I have a good one for you, which is one of our other favorites. Jack in the Box gives out a lot of tacos for like your team winning a sporting event. That's true, but those are actually made of pure diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, they, they are 50 cents. I mean, but, or I think they're a dollar. No, two for a dollar. I love those tacos, though. 
Oh God! It's like, oh, your your basketball team you came to watch scored <laughs> three points. Here's a free taco. They're like, you're gonna spend more on gas driving to the Jack in the Box than the tacos actually cost. So you're gonna spend more on cool the point. water bill by how many times you take a big old dumper because of this fucking <laughs> thing. So, um, of course, we didn't know where the finger came from, but. On May 13th, 2005, police announced that they had identified the finger as belonging to Brian Paul Rositer, an associate of Ayala's husband. Rositer had lost his finger in an industrial accident at an asphalt company back in 2004, December of 2004, and had subsist, uh, subs subsequently sold his finger to Ayala's husband in order to settle a debt. And uh, police received the information from an undisclosed caller to the Wendy's hotline. Boy, I love a good old finger debt. How crazy is that? He was just like, uh, you owe me money. And he's like, I'll sell you my finger. And he's like, okay, yeah, we could definitely slip this into some chili for some extortion. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Just give me money. Like, I don't, I don't even see how this is even useful, but whatever. I mean, teach their own. And uh, on September 9th, 2005, in San Jose, Ayala and her husband, uh, Jamie Placencia, pled guilty and was subsequently uh, banned for life from all Wendy's locations. That's fair. (laughs) Oh, rats. But they also, I thought that was it. I was like, oh, they got off real easy. But um, Ayala was also sentenced to nine years in state prison, and her husband, who supplied the finger, was sentenced to 12 years, four months in prison. How does that make sense? Well, I think it was because she probably claimed that she was being used in, like, the whole operation. Like, oh, he forced me into... Yeah. And if he technically bought the finger and, like, asked somebody to use it, just the act of buying the finger from somebody else, which can be proven to be him, is probably enough yeah. to fuck... Like, you're you're buying body parts and shit. Like, that like, doesn't look good, you know? Um, yeah i guess and he could have been like the mastermind she could have like he was the only witness that could have been like that's not true but he already bought a finger so his credibility's shot so she probably yeah. got out of that one a little easier um nine years is still not that easy but i, I heard that her the judge like cut her sentence in half or something like that so i don't i don't know if she got like that hard time but um in the end you 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 said that wendy's took a big hit from this Originally, it was like $3.5 million, I think I stated earlier. But in the end, how much do you think Wendy's um, uh, claimed that they uh, suffered from this? How, in, in dollars, in the dollar amount, how much did they lose from this scam? $20 million. $21 million in lost revenue. hey Wow, good guesser. But, um, yeah, crazy that... Uh, you know that that's that's the legendary chili story. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but I mean, I don't want to ruin your guys' chili experience. So go get some chili, go relive your 2005 fear, and uh, you know you can become chili man like Batman did. If you know you just have to face your fear, and now you're chili man. Yeah, just be af- just be afraid of the chili. Just be afraid. Don't be afraid. Embrace the chili. As a young boy, you climbed down into a cavern where you were attacked by chili. This boy stink like chili! (laughs) Anyway, um, so that is the end of my stories. I guess in the end, just, you know, we should uh, support these fast food places until you find an actual human body part that was not placed there by you. And, uh, yeah. 
Maybe try to find a healthier option on the menu. Maybe like a little grilled chicken that don't give you diarrhea. You know? Yeah. That's fun. It might help. Yeah. Yeah, it might help. I'm not saying don't eat fast food. Just, you know, not so much and make try to make better choices. But hey, we're all we're all human. We're all we all yeah. we all love a nice little bow chili. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess, I guess you don't, but yeah. No. I like I like non Wendy's chili, but you know I'm gonna go try it now. Fuck it, why not? Do it. I'm gonna get the one fucking case of the finger back in it. I know it. I hope so. Fuck. Okay, well that's my story. Now, David, do you have a story for us today? So yeah, I've got a news story today, and you know we mentioned last week. You got a news story it was less today. A a new story. Oh okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned uh, last week. We we kind of talked briefly about uh, Balloon Boy. Yes, we did. So I thought maybe I would uh, take on the story and take a strike at Balloon Boy. So this was another story that I kind of remember from like my childhood or like my teenhood. And I, I remember bits and pieces, but I don't know the whole story. I just remember it being pretty fascinating at the time. Yeah, I had no idea. Honestly, I found more of like the backstory way more entertaining than the actual event itself. <laughs> I remember watching so, home videos from the family, so I I think I kind of know what you may be alluding to, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, I'm I'm excited! I'm excited to share this not with not just with you, but with our listeners. <laughs> okay. So uh, now, for the people listening who are unaware of this story, uh, the name really lays it out flat for you, Balloon Boy. But what exactly does that mean? Was there a boy made of balloons? Was there a boy who swallowed five pounds of balloons? Or was there a boy flying over the state of Colorado being carried by a flying saucer-shaped balloon? Well, it would it would be the last one. It would be the third one there. Um, I was hoping it was the he swallowed five pounds of balloons. <laughs> That's so many I'm sh- balloons. I mean, I'm sure we could find that story somewhere. Um so October 15th, 2009, which I didn't realize it was that late. For some reason, I always thought this story happened like early 2000s. Like, yeah, but 05, yeah, 2009. 04, around chilly time. Yeah, around chilly time for sure. <laughs> uh, so in uh, 2009, millions of people tuned into the news after the widespread panic shook the nation. That is because media outlets were covering a six-year-old boy who was believed to be trapped on a flying balloon. It was measured at one point during its uh, 90 it, – it's – it's. I'm not sure. I found different things saying it was two hours or 90 minutes. I'm not sure how long it was actually in the air. But during its flight, that uh, the balloon had reached up to 7,000 feet in the air. Holy shit. But before – yeah. <laughs> That's so But before hot. I go too far – before I go too far into the details about the story, let's get ourselves some backstory. So uh, Richard Heaney and uh, – Mayumi, I think I might just try to call her May, but Mayumi uh, Azuka were a couple who had met at an acting school in Hollywood, California, which is already a red flag, <laughs> if you ask me. I was uh, about to say that. I, I'm not saying that, that actors or people who go to acting school are weird, but if you know that there's going to be some weirdos in there, too. Oh, yeah, some real theater kids, a lot of drama. Yeah, 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 a lot of drama. They bring a lot of drama. TNT. They're TNT. TNT. They bring the drama. Yeah, they know drama. Characters welcome. So, uh, 
So uh, the two would eventually fall in love and get married in uh, 1997. Richard had tried acting and doing some stand-up comedy for years without any success. And uh, for some time, Richard and uh, May would run a home business of producing demo reels for actors. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, that's who I would go to for my acting reel. The guy who couldn't get a job as an actor. He knows his stuff. <laughs> I think about that, too. I'm like, no one who's actually acting is teaching those classes, though. You know, you're just like, oh, okay. Exactly. So uh, Richard was also a handyman. Um, and this was after spending years in method acting, trying to catch a reoccurring role in uh, Tim Allen's TV classic, Home Improvement. <gasps> Uh, wait what wait i made that up oh you, you <laughs> fucking asshole i thought i thought he really no but he, he was a handyman he was a handyman uh, but uh, but he was no tool tim the tool man taylor of course no okay. uh side note there is a 14 minute and 36 second youtube video titled every grunt from home improvement oh that is um, nice <laughs> And if you really want to test your sanity in these tough times, um, I challenge you to sit down and watch the whole thing. I think I made it about two, it's like four, two to three minutes in um, while I was writing, and I was like, I need to get back to writing. And then I, and then I, I couldn't watch it anymore. I had to go build a birdhouse in my backyard. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's a. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good or a bad sign if you can handle it. Um, but if you can, let us know uh, what the results are. <laughs> If you haven't lost your fucking mind, um, <laughs> sorry. So let's get back to Richard. Uh, many, if not all of Richard's associates described him as a shameless self-promoter who would do almost anything to advance his latest endeavor. Oh, hell yeah. That's the people you want to be in business with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it could be a strong uh, a strong suit to you in OA, but uh, not if it's a bad thing. I'll do whatever. You're like, you should have some line. You should have some boundary, Richard. He's like, nope, nothing. <laughs> They're like, okay, fuck. So, uh, now, don't you find it incredible how one moment can change your life's path? I, yes, it's very incredible. <laughs> So Richard would become a storm chaser in the seventies. What? After a st after a storm tore off the roof of the building he was working on. Wait, so now we're jumping back in time. He he was a storm chaser as a young man. Yeah, he was. I guess he was working on a house, and a storm ripped the roof off his house, and he said, "Oh, I want to chase those." Oh my god. So uh, Richard's idea of storm chasing included. Uh, <laughs> Riding a motorcycle into a tornado. Um, <laughs> That's the most dangerous thing I think you could fucking do. As people say, like, it's it's not the tornado that kills you. It's the shit that the tornado picks up. Like, it's going to yeah, hit you. Yeah, it's the fence post. Yeah, it's going to hit you with a fucking fence post. <laughs> exactly. It's like, in a tornado, I mean, in a motorcycle, you have no fucking protection. Like, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he also uh, flew a plane around the perimeter of Hurricane Wilma in 2005, which are uh, two things I would not suggest anyone would do. Jesus Christ, that's dangerous. Yeah. So uh, Richard and May would have three kids named uh, Bradford. Very respectful name, <laughs> uh, Bradford. Uh, I'm not sure if it's if it's Rio or Ryo. It's R-Y-O. Okay. 
And uh, their third child, who is the focus of all this, do you know what the balloon boy's name you was? You know what? I don't. I, I, I don't. I want to like guess. It's like, um, is it like a normal name or is it like a fucking really crazy name? It's it's very far from a normal name, but it's perfect for being stuck in a balloon in the air. Simon. His name uh, is Falcon. That's what it was. Falcon. Oh, fuck. Falcon. Yeah. So, uh, and then these three sons of his, uh, Richard loved to do some father-son bonding by including them in his storm-chasing endeavors, uh, taking them along to chase storms, which is safe, and (laughs) hunt UFOs, which I don't think UFOs uh, really falls into storm-chasing, but to each his own. Unless we're talking about a weather machine. That's true. Which I guess it could just be an un, you know, who knows? I don't know much about them, but maybe I should cover those soon. Those those damn weather machines making my apartment all you do fucking that. hot. You do that, and I'll do chemtrails. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Richard was not only considered an incredible father by putting his children in harm's way, but he was also known to be a fantastic husband when a domestic violence investigation was launched at the uh, Heaney's house. In February of 2009, after his wife was seen with a mark on her cheek and broken blood vessels in her left eye. Oh, God. No charges were ever filed due to lack of evidence. Ugh. He totally is that guy. Fuck. So, uh, we talked about Richard's failed attempt to becoming an actor, but where is the best place for people who uh, don't have the acting chops but really love the attention of the camera? Ooh, um... Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> reality, reality TV. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought I was, I was thinking more geographically. <laughs> yeah. So uh, often reality TV shows are looking for people desperate to be on TV because they can provide that painful to watch television experience we all know and love. Oh, yeah. You just want to watch uh, somebody who has a worse life than you, right? Exactly, and the people that are like so pathetic that they want to be on camera, they usually act out and provide some really good reality TV content. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're just like a, a shit show. They're melting from the inside out, and you can just tell. Yeah, so uh, uh, just give me a script. and uh, uh, Just give me a script. I have an idea for my character. You are your character. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Heaney family got their shot at reality TV, and Richard being the horny bastard he is. Oh, God, no. The family appeared on the show called, you want to guess what show it was? Is it like a swingers thing? Oh, close to it enough. It was fucking Wife Swap. It was Wife Swap. Oh, my God, that's fucking right. But he didn't, the, fa- the Heaney family didn't just appear on Wife Swap once. They appeared on it twice. Oh, no. It's like, where are they now? I don't, I you know I don't know the details of it. I don't know if he got another go at someone else's someone else's wife, but the producers are like, this guy is just like too crazy not to put on two episodes. Like nobody will even question it. Just put him back on the TV. You remember that one episode? That one lady that just kept screaming about demons. Um, no, I only remember the kid who was packing his bag because she was trying to throw away his chicken nuggets. That's a good one too. No, I'll, I'll send you the the demon YouTube video later because okay. it's it's oh god, it's I good. I love that. You'll love yes. it. So uh, during their time in the limelight, 
Richard expressed his belief that hum- his belief that humanity had uh, descended from aliens and spoke of launching his homemade flying saucer into storms. Ooh. He was thinking that uh, he could maybe show the world of his vision on Wife Swap and uh, proposed a reality TV show called The Science Detectives, which would uh, <laughs> which would be a documentary. That's just like calling a show like I'm, I thought of a really good day. It's called The Smart Professors. They'd be like, what the fuck? That's the most generic <laughs> bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah, so it'd be a uh, documentary series investigating uh, the mysteries of science, which he pitched a TLC, which was ultimately denied. Wow, I wish they had a show like that, though. <laughs> yeah, every, same. Every every single show on Discovery or History Channel. <laughs> exactly. It's a saturated market, Richard. You chose wrong. <laughs> so I've mentioned this quote-unquote balloon, uh, but what the hell is this thing? Well, Richard said that the saucer-shaped balloon was a early prototype of a vehicle which people can pull out of their garage and hover above traffic. Ooh, little Elon Musk before his time, am I right? Yeah, and uh, he uh, he also <laughs> he's Elon's he's Elon's um, he's Elon's I don't he's his cousin. Um, who's uh, his lesser half? Yeah, his his cousin who uh, who who doesn't really have all the skills, but he, he's a big idea guy, you know. Yeah. So he also stated that once the high voltage timer um, was switched on, the balloon would emit one million volts every five minutes for one minute for one like a uh, duration of one minute in order to move left or right horizontally. What the fuck? So you could like only move every five minutes for one minute yeah and it would it would emit one million volts what does that even mean <laughs> I, I i don't know if i don't i don't know if, i don't really I don't know. know if he's the dumb one or i'm the fucking dumb one like i i can't even figure <laughs> i mean it obviously didn't work so i guess he's the dumb one but jesus well you what do you mean it didn't work? oh wait i take it back i take everything back <laughs> <laughs> So the balloon is uh, 20 feet in diameter and 5 feet tall. It was constructed from plastic tarps taped together, covered in aluminum foil, and held together with string and duct tape. That shit sounds safe. Okay, now I take it back. I'm going to go back to my original. How does that emit 1,000 volts? It's tin foil and tarps. There has to be. He had to have plugged like eight car batteries into it. I don't fucking know. Okay, let's, let's so, see if uh, this floats. It's, so its base, uh, which a person could ride in, was a box made from a very thin piece of plywood and cardboard on the sides, also held together with space-age lightweight materials known as string and duct tape. Oh, wow. NASA, NASA pulled out the big bucks for Richard. I'm wondering how many rolls of duct tape he went through. He had to keep the duct tape to a minimum in order to keep that float, you know, thin plywood, cardboard, duct, duct tape was probably like the heaviest thing on that, on that saucer. Yeah. You got to keep it light mm-hmm. to get it up in the air. Uh, so fully inflated, the balloon would, uh, contain just over 1000 cubic feet of helium. Oh, so he did put helium <laughs> in. I thought he was doing like a hot air type thing, like a hot air balloon type thing. No, it's, it's helium. Oh, okay. Um, 
which I'll skip all the science talk, even though uh, Tobin and I are science men. Smart uh, we don't want to confuse you. Smart professors. Yeah, we, we don't. We don't want to confuse you guys, but with this much helium, uh, the balloon would be able to carry 65 pounds at sea level and 48 pounds at 8,000 feet. Oh, so not that much. I thought it would be more because that thing's big. Yeah, so you can't really put a full human in mm-hmm. there. A little child, maybe. Maybe a six-year-old, you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you say we get to the real meat of the story, the, the incident? So... Uh, the family first uh, the family said they first suspected that one of their sons, Falcon, was missing as soon as they realized the balloon had taken flight. One of Falcon's brothers had told them uh, that he had seen the six-year-old boy climb into the balloon basket moments before it had taken flight. A homemade video was released to the media showing uh, the launch of the balloon. In this video, you can see Richard inspecting the balloon. Uh, then the family does a countdown from three before releasing the balloon from its cord. Um, I, I want to watch this believed, video so bad already. Yeah, so it's believed that the balloon was uh, always anchored to the ground. And then the family starts to scream in distress when uh, the balloon starts to just float away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Richard, who can be seen kicking the wood frame that supported the balloon, yelling, <laughs> You didn't put the fucking tether down! Um, And Falcon is nowhere to be seen, and uh, they nobody mentions the possibility that Falcon could be in the balloon. Oh, so they're screaming because it took off before they wanted it to take off. It, well, it took off, and I think they thought it was tied down. And it wasn't. Oh, fuck. So they just wanted to, like, test it and, like, have it go really high and then bring it back down. But it was just, like, now floating through. Yeah, and then it was just gone. Oh, okay. Where, where so are they, by the, the way? In, are they are they in Vegas? They're in Colorado. Colorado, okay. Yeah. So from the initial reports by the sheriff, the family first called the FAA, uh, the Federal Aviation Administration, uh, although later the sheriff's office would state they had no confirmation that Richard ever made the call to the FAA. Ooh. Then uh, the family then called the Denver NBC affiliate uh, KUSA TV and requested that the station sent a news helicopter to track the balloon's movements. Oh, no. Um, and, then, and then after they called the news outlets, they called emergency services um, during the 911 call. Richard said, um, and and then also note they are calling because they think that their son is in this thing. Mm. They think their six-year-old son is in this thing. And so he calls them, and during the call he says, I don't know whether it's possible you guys could detect an electricity that it, that it emits, dot, dot, dot. It emits a million volts on the outer skin. He's as if he's like trying to he's, yeah. he's like trying to brag about, about to the say, electricity thing again. Like, are you are you trying to like tell people the specs of your like new aircraft? Like, while you're also trying to be like, my son's in there and he could fall at any moment, but pretty cool, huh? <laughs> but yeah, but by the way, did did I tell you about the million? But volts? if my son wasn't huh? in there, would you be like, would you give me like a high five and be like, like kind of impressed? Would you like the voltage? Would you come over for a sleepover <laughs> if I fucking if I impressed you enough? We we can turn the voltage up and we can throw bugs on it. 
make popcorn shrimp. So uh, the balloon was tracked by helicopters as it drifted for 60 miles, passing through Adams County and Weld County in Colorado. Uh, planes were rerouted in result of the balloon because it was just fucking up all of the tra- the air oh, traffic. Um, which in a way it's like, if, if I, in all reality, if this is like a super serious situation, like calling the FAA was like a really good idea to like make sure no planes or anything in the air would hit yeah, it. You don't, and you also don't want to get a shot out of the sky if it's like something that's like could be, you know – terrorist in nature this is in 2005 right or oh this is 2009 nine which like it's yeah. still like on the mind like 9 11 so you're like what is that like either aliens or possibly something you know more more deadly it could be so yeah you definitely yeah. want to update people it was a silver flying saucer floating through yeah. the air so <laughs> that's fair so yeah so the whole the whole nation watched as this balloon drifted uh, sixty miles, and for about two hours or ninety minutes, I'm still not sure how long it was actually in the air. The balloon landed near uh, Keensburg, which is twelve miles from the uh, Denver International Airport. Oh wow! Much to many surprise, much to many surprise, when the balloon landed, there was no boy inside. The nation all let out a huge gasp in relief, but deep down. Everybody was actually pretty disappointed that there wasn't a kid named Falcon in the movie. <laughs> That's fair. I um, mean, my, my initial thought would be like, oh, shit. Like, check all the houses. Check all the roofs from that from that from uh, the path that just traveled. I would think that he fell out yeah. or something. Well, immediately officials expressed concern that Falcon had fallen out of the balloon during its flight. Mm-hmm. But uh, many reported that it did not appear that the – the entrance was like breached in any way and there's no sign of anybody actually being inside of it. Mm. So at approximately uh, 4.14 p.m., CNN and many other news outlets reported that the boy was found hiding in a cardboard box in the rafters above the garage. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. But the uh, the county sheriff, Jim Alder- Alderdan, later said... For all we know, he may have been two blocks down the road playing in, on a swing at the city park. Oh, shit. So uh, the New York Post estimated that the total cost of the rescue operation would be about $2 million, although it was never actually verified. What? Holy. Uh, it kind of makes sense for like rerouting planes and stuff like that. And like, y- you know. And all the helicopters, the helicopters they had to use fuel- to like yeah, track it, it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure police force yeah. yeah oh wow holy shit so after all the excitement calmed down several news agencies started to question whether or not it was a hoax accusing richard heaney of making it all up as a publicity stunt attempting to get more fame or possibly sparking interest in getting his own television show again mm, seems likely he will do anything to be famous exactly so, uh, Falcon and the family were interviewed by Wolf Blitzer. Ooh, I love uh, that name. Wolf. You know Wolf Blitzer? I, you know, I feel like I'd recognize oh, him. Oh, you would recognize um, but him. But he, yeah, he's on CNN's Larry King Live. And, uh, Wolf asked Falcon, why did you not come out of the garage? With Falcon answering, you guys said that, um, we did this for the show. But Wolf did not hear the boy say that and did not push any further comments at the moment, oh. like asking him more questions. Fuck. And it wasn't until after that that they're that like the people in the 
like there were the like the people in the office were like did he said that why didn't like, yeah they didn't he didn't catch yeah, it yeah 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 so uh so uh the next day the family was on abc's good morning america where falcon puked on himself when asked about the comment. that's what i remember <laughs> he threw up because he was so nervous right yeah and then uh again he he puked on himself again when the father was asked about his comment sparking more suspicion so the kid threw up twice <sighs> So, uh, after Falcon's little slip up, the investigation began, which would lead more questions and, uh, search warrants of the house. Uh, the mother may later admitted that she knew all along that Falcon was hiding in the garage while pretending, while pretending her child was in grave danger and told all three children. Yeah. And told all three children to lie about the story when asked by police or news. No way. I, okay. So I remember that the kid was like in the attic or whatever. And I like suspected everyone was like the dad probably like set this up or whatever, but I had no idea she admitted to it. Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, Richard's attorney announced on November 12th, 19 or not 19, Mm -hmm. November 12th, 2009, that both parents intended to plead guilty to the charges uh, filed against them for felony for the felony charges of attempting to influence a public servant. What does that mean? I'm assuming that means just like trying to spark like a like a false like panic. Oh, I'm not sure. OK, OK, OK. They had to find like some they're like he's just being like a weirdo who's like fault filing a false police report. But like we need to find like technicalities to get him on because this is like fucked up but like you know what i mean exactly yeah so on december 23rd 2009 a judge sentenced richard heaney to 90 days in jail and 100 hours of community service um he was also ordered to write a formal apology to the agencies that searched for falcon and a lot of the reason why they 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 bend so quick, like they broke so quickly and like admitted to it was that um, there was possibilities of his wife being deported <sighs> if she was like, uh, like condemned a, uh, a felon. Oh, so he like took all the blame basically. She got in trouble too, but not as bad. Yeah, like he was like, I'll take the brunt of it. Like just make sure that she doesn't get deported. Whoa. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. And uh, so at the end of the day, if three months in jail is worth your 15 minutes of fame, engineer a balloon, lie about your six-year-old child named after a winged predator is trapped in it, and make sure you call the media before dialing 911. <laughs> that was his first problem. But yeah, I mean, and also if you want to, you know, get on Camp Strange, you could try something like that. I'm sure we'll cover it eventually. And uh, uh, you can call, you can call us personally. Yeah, call, call us first, you know. Don't call the cops. Call yeah. us. We're scientists. We're smart. We're science men, and we're and we're whiskey. We're men. whiskey smart for professors men's. That's what we's ours. Leather bound books. <laughs> we don't shave. That's what men do. Never, <laughs> never shave. shave. I don't even own a never razor. Shave. The only never got a haircut. The only razor I own is a knife, a Bowie <laughs> knife. And it's always on my head. I burned the hair off my head. Yeah. We'll do that. Anyway, uh, wow, that's a fucking crazy case. And we both kind of pulled these like nostalgic weird cases out of uh out of our childhoods or like I said, teenhoods growing up and uh 
like you said, I thought the balloon boy was even further back than that, but geez, what a fun time, you know, when like the biggest problems were children and alien balloons floating around and, you know, you know, we, we, we did it. We went a whole episode without mentioning the one thing that everybody's talking about. So let's keep it that way. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. So, um, well, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We love it when you do, and we love telling you these stories. Uh, if you want any more information, you go to campstrange.com. We have all the hyperlinks up there, so you can check out all of our social media. You could also rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and you can go check out our merch, uh, which we have shirts and mugs if you guys are interested in that. And if you guys want to send us anything, send it to campstrangepodcast at gmail.com, and we will respond. Um, and... Um, David, what else do we have for these fine folks here? Uh, we've got uh, we've got our own uh, Ben and Jerry's flavor. Oh. It's called What's... Crap Strange, and it's a pint of just all it is is chocolate dipped ants, and that's all it's it called... is. There's no ice cream. It's just it's called Crap Strange. Yeah, because huh. you're just gonna crap chocolate ants. Oh. Oh, it sounded like Ben and Jerry just had a bunch of leftover chocolate ants and they're like, let's just make a new flavor. We got to, we got to get rid of these. Yeah. But Hey, they, they, they left some chocolate out. At least I'm in the same category as the grateful dead and, uh, and Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Um, I have a, um, a globe and you're going to spin it and then put your finger on it. And that's where you're going to live from now on. And if you get the ocean, you better fucking learn how to swim. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've done that. I've got a, I got a cabin in Nantucket. Oh, cool. Um, I have... <laughs> I have a merkin. We keep bring, we, we've talked about merkins before on the show, but merkins just got... I feel like... What? I feel like we've tried to we've tried to sell a Merkin once or twice. Crap, strange Merkins. Ooh, co- is it just full of ants? If you guys don't know what a Merkin is, Google it. <laughs> if you don't know what a Merkin is, you're not living. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else do we have, David? I got those birthday candles that just never. Never go out, no matter how hard you try. I have a uh, power bar that's jelly bean flavored. No specific jelly bean, just jelly bean flavored. I can only, oh God, I just want to know what it tastes <laughs> it's like. It's like mystery flavor of, of Airhead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that still doesn't answer it because it's a mystery <laughs> flavor. Okay, well, uh, do we have one, anything else for you? Should we just wrap this up, David? I got a YouTube account with 10 million subscribers that I'm selling to you. Whoa, I have a UTI. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And, uh, David, do you have anything else to say before we leave? Uh, don't forget to stretch before you start crump dancing. That's good. Good advice. And also, don't forget to stay strange.